Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here. It's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And today's topic is suicide. And uh, I, I got a hold of two experts that uh, live in the area that uh, are going to be able to address some of the questions that you've called in on uh, concerning uh, this uh, crisis that we're, we're, we're encompassing, uh, not only here in uh, Dixie State University, uh, but in southwestern Utah, as well as the entire country. So I've uh, invited two experts here to help us out, understand what this is all about, some of the symptoms, and where they can get, where you can get some help, or if you know someone that needs help, uh, we're going to do that. So I want to introduce, first of all, uh, uh, Wayne Connors, who is the chairman of the uh, uh, NAMI, South, so NAMI Utah Southwest, okay, and also, I want to introduce you to um, McKenna Dutton, uh, and she is the president of the NAMI on campus here at Dixie State University and also a full-time student here at Dixie State. So welcome to both of you. I appreciate you taking your time, and uh, I know it's a big week for you because this is the uh, Suicide Prevention Week, and Dixie State University's campus has all sorts of things going on throughout the week. Uh, it's been wonderful, and I know Dutton, you've been behind a lot of that with NAMI on campus, haven't you? Well, we've done some stuff. The Health and Counseling Center has really done a really great job this week of uh, making Suicide Prevention Week really well known across campus with all the stuff that they've done. They have, um, they've had daily activities, things, messages of hope. They've done the hope wall. They um, have a visual representation out on campus right now. I saw that today. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What I'd like to do, what we always do here on tips, is we start off with the basics and then evolve into more specifics. So uh, I'm going to really turn this over to you and uh, both of you. Um, this uh, suicide situation is getting more grave uh, every time I uh, read some statistics and some numbers. Uh, uh, and I don't know if it's because of the society we live in, the polarization, the stress levels, whatever. But you're the experts. Um, what when we when we think of suicide? Why is there such a dramatic increase in the number of suicides uh, in the last two, two, three, four, five years? Is it either one of you can start off? That's be fine. Well, there's a myriad of uh, reasons. <clears throat> suicide has gone up probably thirty percent since the year two thousand. Wow, which is a lot. Yeah, and. Uh, it's just the, the world has changed quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns out there, a lot of uh, uh, divisions in politics, which is 24 hours, uh, seven days a week on the uh, TV, radio, uh, and even for the students. It's, it's the cost of getting an education. And then the next question is, can you get an, a job that'll pay for that education? You can end up with forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars in debt, and uh, in theory, you have twenty years to pay that off. But it's at six point nine percent, so sometimes you just can't get ahead of the uh, program. Understood. And that's an anxiety that, uh, and anxiety is the number one mental issue right now, because uh, when you come out of anxiety, then you go into depression. So these two things keep bouncing back and forth, back and forth. And it's just uh, very difficult to get a handle on stability. And, uh, and that's, that's where we have uh, uh, 
McKenna and NAMI on campus that'll help these folks realize who they are, where they are, and how they can go through this life and move on forward. That's great. Um, McKenna, do you have any, any statistical data that could help us out? At least let, let me and my listeners understand the uh, magnitude of the suicide situation that we're uh, looking at? Yeah, so suicide is actually the second most common death among college students. Wow. Yeah, the, we did a survey last spring, and we had around 800 responses for Dixie, so in our school. And from that survey, 3.1% of uh, people that responded indicated that they had attempted suicide within the last 12 months before taking the survey. Oh, my gosh. And 13.7% indicated that they had seriously considered suicide within 12 months of the survey. So if you take that 800 and you kind of extrapolate it out to the around 10,000 student population that we have here, yes, that would be approximately 310 individuals attempting suicide within wow. the last year and 1,370 that seriously considered dying by suicide. So you can see it's a lot more prevalent than you might like to think more so than I thought. Yeah. And you're, this is just Dixie state university. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this was done last year. So it was done in the spring, in the yeah. spring of this year. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. And we, I don't think people understand the gravity of this, no. this situation. And what's, what's considered as suicide or, uh, suicides that have been completed. Uh, when I started, we came to the college here, we had a QPR and we'll talk about that later, but a QPR uh, meeting and the, I don't know if it was the president or who it was, but they said they have no, five known suicides with college students and probably nine or 10 real ones from accidents that get, or suicides that are reported as accidents because it's, it's not nice to report a suicide. And you can have these accidents, people who run off the road into concrete, you know, whatever, head-on collisions, and these are considered by police reports, uh, accidents. And uh, at that point, that got my attention. You know, that was eight, nine, ten years ago. So at nine students in one college year is unbelievable. Wow. And so what are you saying? What was your number, uh, McKenna? It, so it was 310 that attempted and then 1,370 that seriously considered it. Wow. And so we're, do we have the number? Do we have a number for this year? at all i don't have that. Uh, we, uh, that but i'm just saying what's amazing is that on an open survey that people would acknowledge that mm -hmm. they had suicidal thoughts that's absolutely amazing that's absolutely amazing five years ago there was a nami uh, yeah i don't know if it was a nami on campus but it was part of the health fair uh they had three sets of beads they had red yellow and purple or whatever one is had you ever thought about it Two had you ever attempted, well, they wouldn't, I forgot what the other one was, but anyhow, all the beads were gone in a, wow. within a real short time. People had actually thought about it, you know, really didn't act on it, but thought about it. And that it, it is impressive in itself. It's just there, they're thinking about it. And we're in a society we don't ordinarily think that way, but uh, there are those folks who don't have the resilience to pop back. Yeah. And uh, McKenna, as far as being a college, you can identify this because you're a full-time student here. Um, is it 
<clears throat> can we identify it? Is it the curriculum, the, the stress from uh, uh, coming on? Because we're an open campus. So we have students enrolling from all different levels, different backgrounds, different academic levels, because different high schools they're coming from in that. Mm-hmm. And do you think it uh, is it's more prevalent amongst those students coming from students that are uh, lower socioeconomically and that stress is just compounded when they're interfacing with other uh, fellow students uh, their own age coming from different areas and seeing what their capabilities are compared to their own? So that puts undue stress. Is that one of the causes? Am I reading that right? Or I mean, I would definitely say so. I mean, for me, I'm a full-time college student, and I also work part-time. Like, I work the minimum of 15 hours, and I feel so much stress to, you know, take on a full course load and get that done, but also, you know, make ends meet work-wise because you can't just go to school full-time unless you have a lot of, you know, money saved up. You have a lot yeah. of resources. So I could definitely see somebody coming in who doesn't have those resources and has to take out loans. So they have the stress of that upon graduation. They have to work full time. They try to go to school. They try to have a social life. They try to, you know, be healthy mentally and physically. It can be a lot. Like you feel like you don't have a lot of options. Like you're just kind of like treading water at this point. You can barely keep your head above water. So I definitely think so. And also like if you're coming in from you know, out of state or you're moving here, you don't know anybody, probably you're coming into a new situation. You don't have, you don't know what resources you have available. Okay. So just, that's all on top of the regular academic requirements. Mm -hmm. And and on top of their personal history, their mental health history from the time they were a child, Ah. growing through and their environment that they've come through to a new environment that they have to adjust to. Oh, I never thought about that, Wayne. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a whole new environment, a whole new culture. Mm -hmm. And they're away from home, and there's no guardians, generally speaking. Uh, If if their commuters are still at home or with someone. But uh, to be away, living in a dorm, on your own, to take care of yourself, and mom and dad aren't there, brothers and sisters aren't there, you're alone. You know, you don't, you don't have that support group. Yeah, there's no before. safety net there. No. In the next room <laughs> or across the, across the street or whatever. I never thought about that, but the, that could be part of, the, part of the problem. Is there any, based on both of you, you're both credentialed, okay? <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in the sec- second segment here. Uh, specifically, we want to look at um, what... Uh, what activities you're involved with to help those individuals that are even considering uh, that's that suicide as the, as the uh, ultimate end. Um, but do you ever think that uh, what what would happen if um, if we actually had courses part of the orientation uh, as far as suicide is concerned in making people aware of what aspects to look at and also open up as to what areas they could go to to get help and, and actually a quasi safety net like Wayne was talking about. Um, is there something like that we have at Dixie State or are we considering that? Or Yeah, we actually do have that. They're starting the Hope Squad this okay. semester. They're trying to like really get back into that. That's um, It's a club but also a class so it's one credit class i believe they meet on wednesdays at like three or something that's great but they are a class devoted 
to mental health, but more specifically to suicide. So you can get different trainings like QPR training. You can become a peer mentor. So they're really trying to um, like tackle this academic uh, epidemic head on and, you know, educate people because I think it's like kind of a taboo. Like if you see somebody and you think they might be considering suicide, you don't want to talk to them because you don't want to, you know, put that idea in their head, even though they, it's already in their head. If that's something I, that they're considering. I never thought about that either. Luckily too, the hope squads are in uh, the high schools and junior yes. highs, which is really the opening place where they can get uh, this brought out to them that this is a possibility in life that if this happens, you can go to a counselor, you can go to a teacher, you can go somewhere and talk this out because it's just something that, you know, unless you talk about it, that's, that's one of the cure cure. If there is such a cure for suicide, but get it out in the open QPR question, persuade and refer question. them. Are you thinking about doing something uh, to harm yourself or harm somebody else? You persuade them. No, that's that's not the way to go. You know, there is help. There are things we can do. There are people you can talk to, and you can refer them. Go over to the uh, health and counseling center for the college students, or go to uh, uh, the, the volunteer center. clinic, or what somebody uh, Southwest Behavioral. Go to the hospital. Uh, there are places to go to. Okay, that's great. Um, let me ask you a question. This is a personal question. Okay. Okay, this is yours. You just mentioned about you're having to work 15 hours a week. Yes. You're also a full-time student at Dixie State University, and you're also president of the NAMI on Campus Club. Yeah. And a certified teacher for NAMI Family to Family. And and a certified teacher (laughs) for NAMI for Family to Family. Um, How are you doing stress-wise? I'm good, actually. I get... I find what's helpful for me is I like to make a to-do list of like things that I need to get done. Okay. And that really helps to alleviate a lot That's of stress. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. What do you do? Is it, it's the to-do list, right? Yeah. Um, it can get really stressful. Like I don't, I don't know what free time is anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I found that that's what's helpful for me is I like to, you know, look at the syllabus, look at like write down everything that I have to get done that week. And then once I organize it into like manageable days, then I can kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I, I can handle this. This isn't too bad. Like, even though I have to get all this stuff done, I know how I'm going to do it. So I think for me personally, just making a plan really helps. Okay. So I'm just thinking of all the students here at Dixie State. Um, that's a that's pretty good advice. Okay, I figure you're you're on overload all the time anyway. You're doing so much. It's involvement. Yeah, yeah. She's but it's something passionate. Suicide yep, yep. prevention is one of your passions. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne, when um, we're talking about Dixie State here, but what about what about the Southwest Utah? This is this is your area of expertise. Can we take it off the campus here and take a look? Is do we have a suicide? Uh, crisis in southwestern Utah? Well, to say the least, it, uh, Utah in general is uh, the, has the number one or the number two spot in states across the United States for suicides. Oh my gosh, southwest Utah? Well, southwest is a big part of that, but it's all, you know, all of Utah. Um, and we're number two out of 50 two, states? Out of 50 states and number one in one or two cases. Wow. Uh, and when you say one or two, one, number one in a couple of cases, that well, one, the categories? Yeah, are, in, in different categories. I, I don't have those numbers on my fingertips. Okay. But, 
Uh, we're right up there, and there's lots of theories and philosophies going around that. You're in the mountains, and the mountain people just have that problem. You know, that's one of the crazier ones, I think. What, are they saying because of isolation or seclusion? Uh, yeah, or? yeah. We're, we are rural, even though we're 140,000 people here. Right. We're still considered rural, but you're 120 miles from Vegas. You're 300 miles from Salt Lake. Yeah. And getting out this information, NAMI on campus is right here. Uh, Utah, uh, NAMI Utah Southwest, we're in uh, St. George and Cedar. So you got Kanab and you've got uh, all these other outlying areas. Yes. And they need help, but unless you have volunteers, NAMI is all volunteer. Nobody gets paid except the state people and national people. So to get the information out and get the information across, they're starting to get it online. We just have a home front for veterans. Uh, the family of veterans can do a six-part uh, online program, just like going to a class, uh, six weeks. And uh, that's been very successful. And now we're trying, we're getting to uh, called Basics, NAMI Basics, where the parents of the students can go online. Oh, my gosh. And have a, a class. Now, that's coming up. It should be this fall. It should get launched this fall. So that's okay. new. And that'll get to the rural. We're rural. They're more rural. I mean, they're in country. Gotcha. You know, going up to Burl or Enterprise, you know. Uh, it's going to be hard to find a volunteer who wants to be trained and have a class every week for family to family or peer to peer. So this way, at least they can get it over the Internet because they have Internet. Almost about probably 99% of the people have Internet of okay. some kind. But uh, this, they're finally answering to it. We've been hammering uh, the, the national to get this done and upgrade all the information. Right now our books are by 19, uh, 2014, 2015. So next spring we're doing a whole new renovation and updating of all of our information. The basic information is still the same, but right. some of the other stuff changes. Right. So, so I, didn't, I was not aware, excuse my ignorance, mm -hmm. that Utah was number one or number two in the entire country for suicides. Yes. I had, I thought I did my homework, but obviously I didn't. This is absolutely shocking. It is. And I talk about you two sitting across from me, how valuable you are to a lot of individuals who don't know it at this time, but are counting on your expertise. Wow. Wow. It's my pleasure to have you both on here. This is great. You just hit me between the eyes. I'm getting emotional over here. So, <laughs> Uh, that would, that's a shocker. Uh, so as a result of that, okay, that, that designation, uh, as number one or number two in suicides, as a result of that is the federal government and the state governments doing anything to help us out as far as prevention's concerned, or have we seen it as a status quo as is, and it's, it's not going to go away. No, but in, as of January, 2019, I think it was the state through Medicaid, uh, Utah state, uh, state of Utah, um, uh, has Medicaid able to pay counselors, uh, I forgot to designate LSWs. Uh, LCSWs? LS, yeah, LCSWs. Anyhow, there's four or five designations of counselors and all that. This state allows about three or four of those counselors to be paid by Medicaid, which they ordinarily are not paid by Medicaid. And now the state is going to get 
all of them in. So that means there's more counselors. And that's big, been the biggest thing. There's almost no counselors, very few counselors. We'll get somebody in here, they're here for six months and they're gone. And uh, the load on that counselor is unbelievable, uh, how many people there are. We get people in, where can I go? Who can I talk to? Well, do you have insurance or do you not have insurance? That's always a big item. If you don't have insurance, you're gonna be down at the uh, volunteer clinic or maybe Southwest Behavioral will take some. Um, it's just trying to find the resources and the state has come through more so than most other states, you know, and that uh, is very forward thinking. And uh, last year or the year before, the state uh, legislature came through with, I think it was a $10,000 tax credit for those going into psychiatry, okay. uh, graduating in that field, which is a first. You know, that, that's really, uh, have to applaud them. <laughs> Sometimes I don't like applauding them, but I have to applaud them for doing <laughs> it. And that was out of the blue. I mean, that just came out, you know, every, knowing that in NAMI is part of that and all the people that go up and talk to the legislature, knowing that we're really short on uh, preventive uh, counseling. And uh, now schools have, the local school just got a million dollars, I think, uh, uh, Washington County, a million dollars for counseling and, and that kind of effect for students for mental uh, illnesses. Got it. Wow. That's, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Um, the other, the other thing is that uh, I'm concerned about is who's doing the diagnosis. In other words, you have all those statistics from earlier this year, Kenna, who you turn that information over to who and what, what have they done with it to, contact those individuals or was it anonymous was it a survey or i'm not entirely sure the details of the survey because it was done through the health and counseling center okay i know they're a really great resource for people at dixie because last year or two years ago you had to pay ten dollars to go mm -hmm. to see a certified therapist and you know them seeing these numbers They've actually revamped the whole health and counseling center. So now you can go and get therapy for free and they'll see you as oh, long as you want. That's wonderful. That's rare. Yeah. For free. It's, it's and, and it's rare on two parts. You really have it and it's free. Okay. Where do they go again? The health and counseling center. Right, right here on 100? Yep. Is that right? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, you just call. They have like LCSWs. They have CMHCs. They have all, they're all professionals they're licensed they um they're great over there that's great well i tell you what i told you time would fly the first the first segment's all over with oh uh ladies and gentlemen uh, i hope you're enjoying this and, and uh this the information that we're receiving both from uh, wayne connors and and uh, mckenna dutton because uh, uh i've learned a lot uh who would ever thought i mean i knew some of you already knew but i didn't realize we were number one or number two in suicides in the entire country here in Utah. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, uh, NAMI a little bit more in detail and some of those things that are available. We've already mentioned a couple, but we're going to repeat those because I think it's valuable. And this is really important information. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Oxley here for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, for the first segment, uh, we've had the opportunity to find out a little bit more about suicide uh, here in uh, Utah and uh, specifically uh, southwest Utah as well as um, 
uh, Dixie State University on our campus. Uh, just to remind you, we've got uh, Wayne Connors, who's the uh, chairman for the uh, NAMI uh, Utah Southwest. And we also have uh, McKenna Dutton, who is the president of NAMI on campus and also a full-time student here at Dixie State University. So here we go in phase two, as they say here on Tipland. Now, I really, uh, we, 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 we examined uh, suicides and the numbers. And uh, when I opened up uh, and said that suicide was a crisis, I had no idea the significance of what I was saying as it pertains to, to Utah. So what I'd like to do is, uh, you are the experts. You are the ones that are certified. You've been working on this for years. And I really want to give you an opportunity to uh, those people out there, those individuals out there that are listening or watching us on one of our other venues, an opportunity to find out where they can get help. If they know somebody that's uh, c contemplating suicide or has got some of the symptoms that you have brought out or may want to re-mention, I really want to use this segment to, to, to say there's a lot of safety nets out there. This is where you can go. This is who you can contact. Uh, that's what I'm really after on this one. So, uh, why don't we start off with McKenna? And the reason I say that is because we're here on campus with Dixie State. This would be, really be focused for the students and faculty and staff if necessary. But I guess, I guess my first question for you, McKenna, is you, I, let's, let's, be, uh, let's say that I know someone that's anticipating or contemplating suicide just because of high anxiety, um, uh, disconcerting things that happen to them. So where, what should they do? They're, let's say they're a student here at Dixie State University. What are some of the alternatives they can go to to resolve the issues and, and uh, not uh, implement that, that thought? Okay. Well, on campus, there's the Health and Counseling Center. So they're a really great service. They have certified mental health counselors there, and they are 100% free to go and see them. If you have a friend or you yourself are in a crisis and you are contemplating suicide, you don't have to have an appointment. You can just go walk right in. They will take you. They will do um, whatever they can. They will fit you in. They're, if they're not open, I would suggest going over to the hospital. Okay, Inner Mountain. Yes, there okay. is the Access Center there that's a really great resource. Um, if it's a friend of yours or I guess even yourself, there are um, different hotlines. There is the Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. And you can call that even if it's not yourself, if you have a friend. You can call it, and they will walk you through exactly what to do and exactly what to say. What a great thing. Yeah. Okay. There's also uh, this app called uh, 211-Utah. And once you download it, you put in what county you're in. And you click on the mental health tab, and it will bring up every single resource around you. It will tell you how far away it is. It will tell you their number. It will tell you their address. So it just really clearly lists out every single place that you can go to around you. Oh, fantastic. Now, can you do me a favor? Yes. Can you repeat those two key numbers? One was the, the number, and the other one was talk with the app. Can you run through? I know you, I shouldn't be asking you to do this, but could you repeat it one more time, just in case uh, some of our listeners or viewers are looking, grabbing a pen and a piece of paper? Uh, can you uh, go through that just one more time for me? Okay. So the National Suicide Prevention Hotline okay. is 1-800-273-TALK. Hmm. There's also a text line if you don't want to talk on the phone. You can text HOME, so H-O-M-E, to 741741. Okay. And then the app is 211 Utah. 
great, fantastic. Thanks, McKenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I wasn't kidding. I, I, I've seen my, myself before. That's why I was thinking about, my gosh, they're giving this great information. I don't have a pen, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, that's why I wanted you to repeat it. Thank you so much. Wayne, um, uh, outside of campus, okay, we've got people, obviously you've brought this out in the first segment of how critical it is here in Utah. Uh, wh- where can they go? Uh, wh- what should they do? Um, can you give us some insight? Uh, for? And this would be outside of the, the, the campus itself, but, I mean, we're talking about the population in southwest Utah specifically here. Okay, we deal a, a lot mostly with the families of the person who's got some mental issues. Okay. And we do a couple of things. Uh, we have them, number one, call the police station and flag that person. And it's in the benefit of the person that in case there's ever a police call on a family, uh, domestic family problem, or he gets picked up uh, on the street uh, for driving or some minor misdemeanor, that uh, that name is popped up that he has a mental illness, a mental uh, uh, issues. So all of a sudden, that person with the mental issues is treated differently than you know throwing them around, slamming and get pulling a gun. Got it. And same with a domestic issue. Uh, you know, he, uh, my son is acting up and I'm really afraid for my life. The guys are not going to come in with guns. They're going to send in and they have a special person that goes to this type of a mental illness uh, hotline call, 911 call. Okay. So that part uh, is 911. Got it. Um, other than uh, the, the numbers at McKenna, those are national numbers and those will serve purposes. Um, and the other side is a lot of times this happens. 75% of all the mental illnesses happen between 16 and 24, 26 years old. Wow. It's a change in their lives. It's a maturing and it's biological. We deal with the biological. That's the brain you were born with. Okay. And what happens There's, it's out of the normal accepted standards of, uh, activity you know everybody there's no two people alike nobody's perfect in this whole range of zero to a hundred uh sometimes they go off the charts they go way up off the top and way off the bottom and uh, they don't know what to do about it okay and i'd say the vast majority of time for us we're we're known uh, for education that the parents or the grandparents call what can I do? Where, what, who can I see? What can I go? And what does he have a diagnosis? Uh, no, he, he just, he was okay until, you know, a couple months ago, he started getting weird. Um, well, we have them. If there's, if they're not insurance again, back to insurance and getting it paid for, uh, the volunteer doctors, volunteer clinic can diagnose and they will. And they also have uh, uh, group meetings and they have counselors, but it's a start to figure out what's going on with that person. And the uh, CIT, uh, Crisis Intervention Team of the Police, of which we were part of their training session, but uh, they're told, you know, what, again, if you have this family problem, how to react to it. You don't, you know, come in charging uh, guns up and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And along with the um, EMTs, if the police call the EMTs to take this person to the emergency room, they do not want them uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, seduced by uh, 
injection. Got it. The, the emergency room people want to see the person as they are so they can diagnose him with what's going on with him right now. That makes sense. So uh, those are the kind of things that we do. And otherwise, we have the, the family classes and how to talk to people who have some mental issues, uh, how to communicate with them, what to do, what not to do. And uh, we've had feedback that from our classes that, you know, keep it at a low tone, no excitement, no charging, you know, no judgment, just talk, good, honest talk. And it just, that has diffused some problems. That's very uh, interesting. It is, it, and it works. But if you know, you get into these arguments, you know, banging heads, uh, that goes nowhere. It just escalates everything, and it can end up uh, badly. Wow. Um, McKenna? Yes. President of NAMI on campus. What does NAMI on campus do for the students? I mean, what what what, do you, what activities do you have? What What's going on here? I mean, uh, I know I have an idea what it is, but I'm not. <laughs> but... Uh, why don't you let the listeners know? I mean, really, really tell us about NAMI on campus because I think it's a dynamic uh, club. Okay, well, we have a lot of events planned for this semester in a variety of different things. So, like, we have a monthly game day that we're actually having today oh, where great. we like to give students an opportunity to kind of de-stress from everything. And so we buy a bunch of food, we play games, we make it like a really social activity so that they have somewhere to go that they know they're going to have fun and that they can kind of chill out and make new friends and kind of how I was talking earlier about how college can be isolating. This is a really great opportunity to go and meet people that are interested in the same things you are. We have a monthly service project at Switchpoint where we go and cook dinner for the homeless. So oh, that's, that's a really great opportunity to give back to the community. This month, since it is Suicide Awareness Month, we have a couple different activities that we're doing. On the 27th, we are having QPR training, which as Wayne talked about before, it's question, persuade, refer. So we're having the certified QPR trainers from the Health and Counseling Center. Got it. Got it. And... Hold and, that one up. <laughs> Go ahead. And they're going to come, and you do get certified through it. It is a really great training. We did it last semester, and we had, I think, around 30 people come and get certified. And they give you a lot of great information about um, how to approach suicide with somebody who may be contemplating it. Then the next day, so the 28th, that Saturday, there's the Out of the Darkness Walk for St. George through the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Wow. We are having a team, so if anyone wants to join, you can join our team. <laughs> and so we're collecting donations to donate to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We've gathered about $300 so far, which is really good. And so that's a really great event to go to whether or not you're in NAMI because I think it really puts into perspective you know you look around and you know there's a thousand people there or there's more than that there and you can just see how many lives have been touched by suicide. Yeah. Dixie State University is hosting that aren't they? I'm not no, sure. That's, they're uh, not? 
It's out of the darkness. Okay. Uh, group. Mm-hmm. okay. Special group here in uh, southern Utah. Okay. That's, that's great because that's what we're focusing on here. That's that's fantastic. So I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, you, you're You're fine. doing so much. I mean, <laughs> this is great. Um, and then other than that, we have a couple different presentations. We're having one on borderline personality disorder where somebody in NAMI on campus who has borderline personality disorder is coming to kind of dispel some myths and talk about what their experience is like. Then we're having another presentation on self-care from a member of NAMI who's coming in um, who has a mental illness and is kind of saying like, hey, I know self-care can be really hard when you're going through all of this stuff. Here's some tips that I've found to help, you know, manage. This is a, this is a, I mean, you, 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 this is amazing, isn't it, Wayne? I mean, you guys are wonderful anyway, but do you, I mean, how do you convince students to come out and say, I have this problem. I'm willing to share that with other members of NAMI on campus as well as outside That's the biggest problem. Is it? It, To have them, it's stigma. You don't want to be known as having a mental problem, mental uh, issue. And that is, that's all we fight is stigma. If it wasn't stigma, we'd be talking about it all the time. Yeah. But I mean, what McKenna's done, two members of the club are willing to come out and say, I'm going to talk about this. And that's going to be so helpful to, and we don't even know, Mm -hmm. members of that audience that's receiving this information. Yeah, I think How remarkable. The reputation that we have as a club of being really open and really honest about everything. You know, we're fighting the stigma. We're advocating for mental health awareness. I have so many people that reach out to me every week and want to join and want to get involved. So I think just the space that we've created has helped people to be more open about it. I would think so. I think this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. You should uh, be proud of yourself and your club members. Uh, this is a great opportunity for them. And wow, I, I don't think they realize until they actually attend some of these events that you've scheduled. It's mm-hmm. going to be fantastic for them. Our, Wayne, uh, I'm Na- sorry, go ahead. Our NAMI, uh, uh, local NAMI, has a website. It's nami-ut-southwest.org. has a self-care booklet put out by National Mental Institute. Uh, it's about 28 pages. It's on our line, on our uh uh, website under information and that's just I just handed that out to, uh, to a lady who had called me and she just went into raptures I mean it <laughs> it's okay I, I'm emotional too today so uh, yeah you guys are really effective when you touch people it's... yeah yeah and that's that's mm-hmm. being that's being a real person Wayne because I got choked up earlier today when you guys were giving me some of those statistics I mean we, we, we think we understand um, suicide, but when you start hitting us with numbers, and I think the biggest shock for me today was that Utah is number one in some categories and number two out of all 50 states' suicides. Uh, the the QPR class that she was talking about is question, persuade, and uh, move over. Uh, they will come anywhere and talk to any group over five for free. Wow. And it's an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours two at hours, the most. Yeah. But uh, we have had a lot of uh, class uh, in businesses. They take an hour out and train people in their business. And you go through Southwest uh, Behavioral Health to get that class going. Fantastic. Um, you mentioned earlier about uh, 
you had some local classes going on uh, at the library, I think. Not not well, on campus, but at the other library. And you, we, and, no. Go ahead. Not the library. We've moved. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have our, our family and family support group is still at the library on first and third Tuesdays. Okay. And our regular classes are family to family for the family members of the person who have mental issues is on Wednesdays at six o'clock to about six, seven thirty eight. Uh, and at the same time, we have peer to peer, those in recovery of mental issues uh, at the same place. Cause a lot of times uh, some of the peer to peer people in recovery have lost their license for something they've done or whatever. Uh, same place, different rooms, different sets of teachers. And those are on Wednesday nights at the USARA building, 113 East, 200 North, just a block down from the post office. Okay. And uh, we have uh, two rooms that are very modern. USARA has allowed us to use their office, and it, it's really quite nice. We're a little limited in space, uh, not quite like the library where you had the big conference room where you could have a 1,000 people, but... <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, 14 is pushing it, 15 is pushing it, which is a nice size group to have in uh, talking groups and interactions. Uh, do a lot of talk. We help uh, a lot of information comes out. It's I think the second or third class is just all information about all the different mental illnesses. And hardly anybody has one mental illness. It, it, it could be a mixture of two or three mixed in with uh, alcohol and drugs. and yeah. Uh, you have to sort those things out and kind of get them down to where it's manageable. So that's kind of where we are. And we do this, uh, there's 12 classes uh, for family to family and eight classes for peer to peer. Oh, that's great. So busy. I, I just picked up on something. I think I, you mentioned it earlier that uh, McKenna, you are certified in family to family. Mm-hmm. You want to elaborate a little bit? What do you talk about family to family? What goes on in one of your sessions? So something I think worth noting about the NAMI classes is that the peer-to-peer and the family-to-family are taught by people that have been through it themselves. So like in the peer-to-peer class, you have somebody that does live with a mental illness teaching the class. And then for a family-to-family, you have somebody who has a loved one with a mental illness teaching the class. So it's not like a professional up there, you know, just lecturing the whole time. You're really in an environment where everybody understands what everybody is going through. So it's a really safe place to, you know, talk about the frustrations and stuff that you may not be able to talk about otherwise, like at home. You're not alone. Yeah. So um, as a teacher, we're just kind of given a lesson book that's uh, very laid out. Um, It's all research-based. So uh, we, in the class, we just kind of go over like different kinds of mental illness. We talk about what anxiety is, what OCD is, what depression is what schizophrenia is and we kind of go through different things like we talk about recovery how recovery is not linear we talk about um, different ways to cope so that they have an easier time at home like it's not therapy but it's just a really great place to get information about how to deal with some of the things that you know are not talked about very often right and the attendees get to talk amongst themselves and Wayne you just brought this up there you're not alone in other words you feel isolated what what this what these meanings do is you look around and gee whiz I'm not alone mm-hmm. I mean and there is hope and there is hope yeah great stuff that's what the whole process does it gives them hope to move on 
and look forward to moving on in their life and with their loved one's life, too. Right. And on the peer-to-peer side, now we're talking what you mentioned, McKenna, on the peer-to-peer, those, that's someone that has had a mental issue mm-hmm. that's resolved that issue or is in the process of resolving it, and they, they, they open up and they talk to the audience there about that. And the other this, side is go ahead. no cure. All right. It, it's, this is biological. This is what they were born with. And there's no cure, but there is hope and there's recovery. And recovery is usually medication and counseling. These people uh, that are living with these mental illnesses uh, and family uh, just have to adjust to a new life. Their life isn't going to be what they thought it was or maybe what it was. Okay. Because they have to admit, first of all, that they have a problem. They have to... Uh, take the medications to put the balance back in the brain. Um, it just takes the, uh, I'm trying to think of the term that we have expectations of your children. I had expectations for my daughter. I was very bright, went through a lot of stuff and I uh, thought she'd be a teacher or a counselor. And, uh, she's got bipolar too mm. and ADHD. Um, and it just, her life changed. Got it. Our expectation, expectations changed. She, her expectations have changed. Those are monsters. Those are really big, big things to uh, get a grasp on and try to move forward with. Okay. That's what we do. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, now we got we got locations and and uh, we we know what you guys do. Anything else you want to add just based on your own experience, observations, knowledge base concerning that you would like to see implemented here in Utah, especially on Dixie State University's campus or southwestern Utah, because that's your area of expertise, uh, your area of responsibility under NAMI. So uh, real quickly, just give me an idea. What would you like to see happen? McKenna, what would you like? What what optimally, if, if everybody said, okay, the budget's open, go. What would, what would you like to see happen implemented here at Dixie State? You know, I think we have a lot of great resources here, but I think a lot of people just aren't aware of what we have. So I would like uh, to have a more open conversation about it. You know, mental health is everywhere. Uh, mental illness is everywhere. So I think we just need to be more open about it and, you know, kind of break the stigma and get out of the fear of, you know, I don't want to talk about it because talking about it makes it real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it more open. I think that's great. Wayne, what would you like to see happen? Well, I mean, I know you, you've been through this for years, so I'm sure there's a, there's a wish list a mile long. But What McKenna just mentioned, mental health, it's like a diet. Everybody's got it. Everybody's on it. No matter what, everybody has mental health. Yeah. And where you are in that place is trying to make, for those who are not adjusting well, who are not resilient coming back in and taking care of things, it's the awareness of the public. I've been out here for 10 years, and there's still so many, oh, I never heard of you. That's why you're Where on this you show. Guys? Where are you guys? I can, I, can, I can verify that. That's why you're on this show. I mean, I talked to people, and they had, didn't have a clue. And uh, you've been wonderful. I hate to tell you this. Guess what? We're out of time. We're out of time already. <laughs> I'll be back. I know. <laughs> you're welcome. Both of you are going to be welcome back. Um I just wanted to thank Wayne Connor and uh, McKenna Dutton for taking time out of their 
busy schedules because you have so many activities going on. This is Suicide Prevention Month, and this week is really a lot of activities here on campus at Dixie State University. Uh, once again, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes uh, another uh, program for tips, topics, issues, and positions. Um, and you can take a look at our, our shows uh, being broadcast on KDXI 100.3 FM at 3 o'clock on Fridays, and we're going to rebroadcast this show on Saturday at 5 p.m. Or you can take a look at the smiling faces of Wayne and Emma McKenna uh, anytime you want to. Just go to Facebook or Twitter or uh, podcast, our, our affiliates, Podbean, uh, even Alexis. You can just say Radio St. George Tips and Suicide Prevention, and it's going to pull this program up for you. Uh, you can go to RadioStGeorge.com, and all those venues are going to be waiting for you, and you pick the one that you want to use. Uh, please have a safe and enjoyable weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch with you next Friday for tips, topics, issues, and positions. Have a good day. Bye, everybody.